glad you guys are here. Go ahead and take a seat. It's a good Sunday. I want to say congratulations to you guys because you guys successfully moved your clocks forward. You did the responsible adult thing. You paid attention and you were here for church this morning. Could you give yourselves a round of applause? Hey, my name's Stephen, and uh, you know, this weekend our pastors are in Seattle. They're speaking at a church over there, and, and here's what's really cool. Uh, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the fact that our house, the church, is able to sustain while our pastors go and do what they're called to do, it's a very cool thing. And it shows that our church is strong. And it's not, it's not the pastors, it's the church. Like we're in a position where our pastors can do what God has called them to do. And we can keep moving without, a, without skipping a beat. And it's a really cool thing. And I'm honored to be able to be here today. I really am. And, and we're praying for our pastors. They're speaking up there with good friends, Dwayne Wolf and their church in Seattle. Um, and, and, and so I, I'm going to preach today. And, and I got a message for you guys. And last night we had church and it was amazing. And the spirit of God was here. And, and, and I'm believing for big things today. I really think God's here. I think he wants to move in your life. I think you just got to be expectant. And you just got to say, okay, God, here it is. I'm expecting you to do something in my life today. And I think he'll do it because he's done it for me before. And I know that what he does for one, he does for all. Because God is not a respecter of people. Man, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your situation is. But God wants to do something in your life. And God wants you to leave here different than when you came in. Man, he's a good God. He's a great God and nothing is impossible for him. And so today, I, I, less of a message, I want to encourage you guys. I have an encouragement for you guys. See, this last week, it, it, it's been a tough week, at least for me it has. And, and I'll tell you what, this is what encouraged me and what kept me moving. And I'd like to encourage you guys. I'd like to make sure that you guys keep moving. Because the last thing you want to do is stop. So today I'd like to encourage you, and let's keep moving together. That sound good? Can we keep moving? Let's just pray real quick, all right? God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing here. God, we thank you that your word doesn't fail. God, that every time you send it out, it does exactly what you've purposed it to do, and it never returns void. God, I thank you that the word that we're sending out today will not return void in our lives. God, we thank you that your promise still stands in our life. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. There, there's this story in Joshua I want to talk about, and it's in chapter 24 if you guys want to turn there and get ready, but it's the story of Joshua, and he's, he's coming to the end of his leadership reign, and and Joshua was, man, he's been around for some time. He, he, he hung out with Moses. He, he, he'd been through the desert. He, he's done his due. He, he, like Pastor Tom said yesterday morning, he's got some mileage on him. Man, he's been there. He's seen some things. And he's coming to the end of his leadership reign, and he feels the need to go and charge the people one more time. 
Man, I got to remind them one more time. I got to speak to them one more time before I'm out. And it's interesting, in, in verse 1, you'll see it says that Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned all Israel's elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and they presented themselves before God. See, that word Shechem, did you know that it actually is the same place where God made a promise to Abraham? It's the same place where God promised Abraham that your, your offspring will be blessed. And what's cool is Joshua, before he makes this plea, before he charges them one more time, he brings them back to the beginning. He brings them back to the origin of the promise. See, sometimes I think we need to go back to the beginning. Sometimes in our life, I think it's good to go back to where God first promised you, whatever it is you're believing for. And he brings them back to the beginning to show them how far they've come. See, in, in life, I think we want progress, right? Like you want progress, you want to move forward, you want to keep going. But in reality, progress isn't the way we see it. See, we think progress should be like a straight line. Like if I'm over here, it's like a staircase. Like, okay, I'm going to progress in my walk with God. I'm going to get farther. And so I'm going to take one step. Okay, I progressed. And, and now I'm going to take another one. And here I go. And, and we just keep moving up the ladder and keep taking steps forward. And that's progress. And it's uphill. It's a little bit challenging, but we're progressing. But I don't see progress like that. See, I think spiritual progress, instead of a straight line, it looks more like a loop, like a circle. See, a lot of times it doesn't happen the way we think it should. A lot of times it's, it's not going to happen the way you want it to work out. Because we think it should be just this step after step, I'm moving forward, it's a straight line, here I go, but it doesn't look like that. Spiritual progress looks like a loop, and today I want to encourage you guys to stay in the loop. Stay in the loop. Would you look at your neighbor and tell them, stay in the loop? See, Joshua, in order to get where he's at, he had to go through a lot of stuff. Man, he went through some battles. Man, he, he went through the walls of Jericho. Man, you read later in the chapter, and he, he names all the different Ittites that he had to go through in order to get where they're at. And see, Joshua's faced with a, with a problem because he, he's speaking to a generation who hasn't seen the things that he's seen. There's a little bit of a generational gap there, and it's kind of one of the issues we deal with today, that there's two generations, an older generation like Joshua who has seen things, who's been through things, he knows some things, and then there's a younger generation who was born into the promised land. They don't know what they had to go through to get to where they're at. And, and, and what is very cool to me is the way Joshua handles the situation. He doesn't stand back and let them go out and fail and so that he can tell them, hey, I told you you should have listened to me. He doesn't do that. He goes and he addresses them and he reminds them of what they've been through. And he goes and he reminds the Israelites, the, yeah, the Israelites what they had to do in order to get to where they're at. And what's crazy is, you know, when is the last time you went back to the beginning. That's my question. When's the last time you went back to Shechem? 
When's the last time you went back to see how far God has actually brought you? See, there's a quote, and it says that when what is consistently taken for granted will eventually be taken away. What is consist consistently taken for granted will eventually be taken away. See, I think Joshua knew this. I think he knew that the heart of the people was to take what they had for granted. And I think sometimes we can fall into that spot. I think sometimes we can fall into this complacency where we, we take for granted what we have or where we're at or what God has given us. And so Joshua goes and he goes to remind the people. And in verse 6, he starts off and he says, When I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you reached the Red Sea, the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen as far as the sea. And then it goes on to say, Your fathers cried out to the Lord, so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Your own eyes saw what I did to Egypt. After that, you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Is it not crazy that he sums up 40 years in the desert in three small words? A long time. Like that blows my mind. <laughs> like, okay, what about the scorpions? What about walking around in circles for years? What about the quarreling? I mean, what about everything you guys went through? H how did you sum all of that up into three small words? A long time. But see, isn't it interesting that when you've been through something, God gives you this perspective that every season is for a reason. But see, in the middle of it, it looks like it's forever. In the middle of the season, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the test, it seems like it's never ending. Like, oh my gosh, when will this end? I'm sure if you were, Joshua was in the desert, I'm sure it felt like forever. Like another day I gotta go out. Another day I gotta go get manna. Another day we gotta walk. How long are we gonna walk? How long are we gonna be here? How long am I gonna be doing this time and time again? But how good God is that when you've been through something, he gives you this perspective that when you look back on it, every season was for a reason. See, every season of your life, there's a reason for it. Every season there's a reason. Sometimes we just can't see it. So I remember when I was in Tulsa, I graduated Bible college and I was doing an internship. And, and it was amazing. And, you know, before I did the internship, uh, Pastor Bill Shear and uh, my parents and I, we sat down and he started talking to us. And, and he, told, he told my parents, and he, talk, he was talking to me, but he just said, you know, the internship isn't going to, like, you're not going to learn anything you don't know. You're not going to see things you haven't seen before, but what it is going to do is it's going to show you what's inside of you. It's going to show you what you're made of. I thought that was interesting. And what's cool is I got to see what was inside of me. You see, when I came home from the internship, it wasn't in the best way. I kind of came home with my tail between my legs. I made some decisions that I'm not proud of. And, and driving home, it's 2,000 miles. I'm driving home in my blacked out 99 Forerunner, four cylinder, <laughs> two wheel drive, which doesn't make sense. I got my dog with me who doesn't do good in cars at the time. 
So that was interesting. And I remember driving, and that 2,000 miles felt like 40 years in the desert. Because I didn't know what God was going to do. I didn't know how do you get back from this. Now, what are people going to think? What happens, when, what happens when this gets out? What happens when who, the decisions I've made, when, when people start defining me by those decisions? Am I even making the right choice? Should I even be going back? What do I do? Do I run? Do I stay? What's going on? I had so many questions. I never, how many times I prayed, God, please just intervene. Please just intervene. Fast forward to a couple months ago. We're doing the fight club here at the church, and one of our challenges that we had to do was, hey, write a letter to someone that you look up to, a mentor, someone who's been a, a positive influence on your life. So I wrote my letter to the intern director over there at the church, and he's one of my best friends, someone I look up to, and an incredible mentor in my life. And I just told him, hey, this is how thankful I was for what he's done in my life. I appreciate him. And, and the email he sent back is something I'll never forget. Because he went on to say about how proud he was of me, how far I've come, but there's one little comment he made that really changed the game for me. And he said, you know, Stephen, it's not falling that defines the failure. It's not getting back up. And he said, not only have you gotten back up, but you're helping other people get back up. And that moment when I read that email, it was like going back to Shechem. It was like going back to the beginning when God showed me the things that he had for me. And, and even though in the season, and even though it felt like, God, where are you at? Is it ever going to come to an end? Am I ever going to get over this? Do you know that every season is for a reason? That now I'm stronger. My faith is deeper. I have a foundation here. Genesis 26, 13 became real to me. That the man began to prosper. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Every season you're going through is for a reason. And God wants to show you how far you've come and how faithful he's been. When's the last time you went back? When's the last time you went back to the beginning to see, God, show me how far you've taken me. Show me the things that I can't see. See, I think the key to faith is believing that God will bring you out while you're still in it. I don't know what you're in right now, but I hope that today we could take a step of faith together, that we could continue to believe that God has a plan. And what's awesome is, see, we say it all the time, Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a plan and a hope for you. And here's what's cool is, God has never started a plan and then stopped at any moment, whether at the very end, the middle, or the beginning. He's never stopped a plan. I mean, even unto his own son being murdered on a tree for us, he never stopped a plan. God has a plan for you, and his plan hasn't been stopped. It's not over. And Joshua goes to remind these people how far God has brought them. And we read again in, in verse 7, it says, Your fathers cried out to the Lord, so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and he brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Now, see, Joshua's not a preacher. See, Joshua was a military man. So... In front of large crowds, I, I bet he doesn't do very good. And here's how I know why. Because 
You ever have a friend who, like you guys will go to the baseball game together, right? And it gets down to the bottom of the ninth, uh, bases are loaded, it's a full count, the, the, the away team is down by three, and the guy's up to the plate, and it's like now or never. You have to do something or it's over. And, and the wind up, and he throws the pitch, and he hits a walk-off grand slam, game winner, oh, crowd goes wild. It's the most amazing sports thing you've ever seen. It's all over ESPN. And you have that friend who, like, you've experienced something amazing, and he begins to tell someone about your experience, and somehow... He talks about how good the nachos were, and he talks about like the, the mascot falling while running around the bases, and he complains about how expensive parking was, but somehow he leaves out like the most important moment of your whole experience. Like, do you know who I'm talking about? Like, I'm sure you can think of this person. Like, somehow when they tell a story, they just seem to leave out the, the big thing. And you're like, did you tell them about the Grand Slam? Oh, no, I guess I forgot about that. How? How do you forget about that? Like, I think a good preacher can tell good stories. I'm working on it. I tell stories to my dog all the time. He's a great listener. I get great feedback. Um, but Joshua, he's telling a story. He's, he's reminding the people of the things they've been through, and he's telling them a story. And he gets to the big point, the Red Sea, and the big spectacular. I mean, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. And somehow he just skips over the big part, and it's like, hey, we got to the Red Sea, and... Uh, we put darkness between you and your enemies, and the waters engulfed them. Time out. What about, the, like, the really cool part? <laughs> We're like, the water, like, we've seen the movies, right? The water comes up, and it's like there's two huge walls, and who knows at what moment it's going to fall in on them, and they're walking, and the ground was somehow dry, even though it's on a river bed or an ocean bed. It's like, how do you miss the big part? And see, I think... He did it on, on purpose. See, I don't think he missed the big spectacular. I think what he was saying was there on purpose. See, he talks about what happened behind them, not about what happened in front of them. He takes their attention to what was happening in the darkness where they couldn't see. And I wonder when the last time is that you took your attention, not on where you're going, but what God has done in the darkness where you can't see. When's the last time you began to thank God for the things you couldn't see him doing in your life? Or are we so enamored with the direction that we're going, we're so focused on where we're going that we take, we take for granted where we're actually at? See, I think we're really good. I think we're really good at thanking God for like, you know, the car that we've been believing for. We're really good at thanking him for the, for the pay raise that we've worked our tail off at work for. I think we're really good for thanking God for all the things that happen that we're like, hey, look what God did. Look what he did. But what about the things he's doing in your life that you can't see? What about the things he's doing in your life that you don't know about? See, I believe some of the best blessings in my life aren't going to be the things that God gave me, but the things that God didn't give me. The burdens that, like Paul, I pray, God, please remove this from me. But he doesn't remove the burden. He just gives me a faith strong enough to get through it. See, the best victories in your life 
aren't going to be the battles that God delivered you out of, but the ones that he delivers you into. It's going to be those types of things that show you how good God's grace is on your life. So when's the last time you sat down and thanked God for the darkness? You thanked him for the stuff you couldn't see. See, I think at some moments you need to look back. I think it's why Joshua took him to Shechem. I think it's why he missed the big point of the story. I think it's why he put their focus on the darkness. See, God isn't going to lead you into deep waters to see if you're going to make it out alive. He leads you into deep waters because he knows your enemies can't swim. And it's in the deep waters where you learn to walk by faith, where you learn to trust in and lean into him. So you might be in deep waters right now, and I think it's on purpose. And Joshua brings them back, right? We, we want progress, right? We want a straight line. We want to go, but I don't think it's, progress looks like that. I think progress looks like a loop. I think it looks like a loop. Tap your neighbor, tell him to stay in the loop. So we get stuck in thought patterns and we get stuck in these doubts. And I bet there's people here who even doubt the existence of God. And the thing is that the doubt's not going away. It's not. But what's cool is God will give you a faith that's big enough and strong enough to push through those doubts. And like Joshua on the walls of Jericho, you'll see him work in your life. You'll see him work in your life. See, sometimes you just got to thank God that you're not where you want to be. Sometimes you just got to, and I know it sounds weird, but sometimes you just got to thank him that you're not where you think you're supposed to be. Raise your hand if, if you're just not where you want to be yet. Yeah, my hand's up. Fredo, can you come here? See, Fredo is going to represent who I want to be. Fredo represents where I want to be. Y'all have it. Everybody has a who I want to be, a where I want to be, how much faith I want to have, the amount of financial stability I want to be in. Fredo represents the where I want to go. And there's this gap between us. And I feel like so, so many times we're so focused on this gap, this, man, who I want to be in where I want to be and who I dream to be and who I believe God's called me to be. You know how many people I know that have given up in this gap? You know how many people I know who have given up because resisting the temptations has gotten too hard for them? Because the struggle has been too heavy? You know how many dads and parents I've seen give up in, in, in this gap and then because of that I see kids give up in that gap. Like, you might be on the verge of giving up in this gap. Because it's hard. And this gap, I hope it never goes away. Like, you need this gap. You need this. But it can be very difficult. It can be very, very difficult. See, I believe it's like, the walls of Jericho, 
right? You get to this point where you expect that one day I'm going to get here. One day I'm going to get over this. One day I won't have to struggle with this anymore. One day I won't have to think about that anymore. One day I'll get to the point where my faith is strong enough I don't have to go through this anymore. And we expect that we're going to get to this place one day, one day, if only I could be more righteous, if only I could be more pure, if only, if only, if only. And we fall, our, our minds fall into this gap. And if you're not careful, you give up in that gap. If you're not careful, that gap, it'll ruin you. But, see, here's the deal. Noe, can you come here? Stand right here. See, there's this gap. I think so many of us are focused on this gap. God, I just need to get there. God, if I could just get there. But there's also another gap. See, and this gap represents how far God has brought in me. This gap represents where I started. Are you thankful that God didn't leave you where he found you? Are you thankful that God has been faithful in your life? That his promise has never failed you? That his word has never come back void? See, there's a gap right here. We, we, get, we get so focused on this gap. But there's another gap. Look and see how good God has been. Could we take a moment and go back to the beginning? Could we take a moment this morning and realize and step back and look at our life? I know we want to get here. I know we want to get to this place where everything works out, where I no longer struggle, where I no longer go. But could you look for a moment to see where you've come from? Where you began? I think that's what Joshua is trying to get them to realize. Listen, I know there's things ahead of you. I know you're going into other things, but look what we came from. See, God's been faithful in your life. God has been faithful in your life. And please don't give up in the gap. Don't give up in the gap because God was with you in this gap. And if God was with you in this one, he'll be with you in there. And see, the deal is we need both of them. You need this. You need to continue pursuing. You need to continue struggling. The struggle, it, the struggle is a sign of pursuit. And pursuit is a sign that eventually I will overcome. But see, what scares me are the people who don't struggle are the Christians who have secretly told themselves that I don't deal with this. I don't have struggles. Because those are the people who have become complacent. Those are the, the, the people who God can't use. I want God to use you. I want him to work in your life. I want him to do miracles in your life. And here's the deal. You need this gap. Don't lose this. Even Paul said... I continue to press on. I continue to look forward. But sometimes you need to stop and take a step out and look to see how, God, how good God has been in your life. 
to see that, yeah, even though it feels like I'm walking in circles, you know, we sing that song, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. It seems like you're on lap two, lap three, four. God, where are you at? Lap five. God, are you even here? God, lap six. God, are you ever going to pull through? But did you know that if he did it once, he'll do it again? That if he's done it for you before, he is faithful. See, that's where I think Joshua learned how good God was. I think that's where Joshua learned how faithful God was, was on the sixth lap around the walls of Jericho when he realized that it's not about how much faith he had, but how faithful God was. It's not about how much faith you can muster up, because in reality, faith like a mustard seed can move mountains. It's not about how much faith you can muster up, but it's how faithful God has been in your life that matters. Can I encourage you today, don't stop on six. Don't stop on the sixth lap that God has been faithful and he'll be faithful again. And he's sure to do exactly what his word promises in your life. Can I encourage you today to stay in the loop, to keep going, don't quit. Come on, has God been faithful in your life? You're good. You can sit down, Fredo. Thank you. You see, there's a story, and it's an old preacher story. And I don't think it's actually true, but it illustrates the point. So it's needed, okay? Um, but I've heard this, I mean, gosh, I don't know how many times I've heard it. But there's an elderly lady, and, you know, she's not doing well. She goes to church, and she feels like God asked her to give her last $20. That's all she has. So she says, okay, I'm going to do it. She goes, and she obeys. She gives the 20 bucks. She goes home, and she goes to her fridge. And see, before she left for church, her fridge was empty. She didn't have any groceries. She went, and she heard God, and she obeyed and did what he said. She goes back. She walks up to the fridge. She opens the door, and it's still empty. And she does something that I don't think a lot of us would do. She begins to sing a song. And it's an older song, and, you know, she's, she starts to sing it, and I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. And she starts singing the song, I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. And she starts, man, she starts getting into it, and she's like, God gave me a promise, and everything is going to be all right. And she starts jumping and dancing, and somehow she finds her way out to the yard, and she's, I've got a feeling everything is going to be all right. I ain't got no groceries, but everything is going to be all right. And she's going and singing, and her atheist neighbor next door gets so annoyed that he actually leaves. And she's out there jumping and dancing. I've got a feeling everything is going to be all right. God gave me a promise. Everything is going to be all right. She continues, and she gets back inside, and she shuts her door, and she's hungry, but she's happy. She's hungry, but she's happy. A little while later, she hears a knock on the door, and she goes to the door, opens it up, and nobody's there. But her porch is filled with groceries. 
and the joy and excitement that overwhelmed her. All she could, all she could say was, God did it. 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 And she got so excited. God did it. God did it. God did it. And out of nowhere, the atheist jumps out of the bushes and goes, ha, I got you. God didn't do it. I bought those groceries. She looks back at him and she says, God did it. God did it. God did it. He said, what part of no, he didn't, do you not understand? He said, look at the receipt. I left. I went to the grocery store. I bought the groceries. I brought them. I put them on your porch. I did it. He, she said, God did it, and he made the devil pay for it. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, God did it. When's the last time you thank God for working in your life in the areas you couldn't see? When's the last time you took a step back and just saw how far he's brought you? Would you stand with me right now? See, I believe that there's people in here. Man, you're in the gap. And you're so focused on where you're trying to get to. You're so focused on who you're trying to become. The faith that I, I need to have. That you've forgotten to take a moment to step back and reflect over your life to see where you started. And to see how good God has been in your life. See, there's people in here who need a work of God in their life. They need a move of God in their life. And it's not going to come from straining yourself and pushing forward and, and keep going because I promise you that if you don't take a step back and look to see how far he's gone, you're going to quit in that gap. And you can't quit. You can't give up. You can't throw the towel in. And God is wanting to do something in your life. Could we close our eyes right now? Just begin to reflect on how good he's been in your life. Begin to remember where he's brought you from. Where you started out, the person you were. Could it be that what God is doing in you is more important than what he's doing for you? And if this message was for you, and you needed to hear this, and, 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 and you're ready to, you, you're going to continue, you're going to keep pressing forward, you're going to keep moving towards the person that God has called you to be, towards the calling that he has on your life, toward the promise that he gave you, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? If that's you, would you just say, hey, let me know, hey, this is for me, because I want to pray with you guys. See, can I tell you that he hasn't given up on you? Keep your hands up. Can I tell you that he hasn't given up on you? That God isn't afraid of the process? That he's not concerned with the process that it takes for to get you where you're at? That maybe there's a reason that there's pain in your life because your pain will bring you to your purpose? 
Is there a reason that he's going to have you march around the wall seven times, but the first six, you can't do anything about it? Is there a reason he's walking you through deep waters? Is there a reason? I believe there is. And God wants you to know today that it is okay that you are where you are, that he hasn't left you there, he never did, and he's not going to, that he has a plan for your life, he has a promise, and he is always faithful to do exactly what he said he's going to do. your hand was up, I, I encourage you, we're going to sing this song. And it's going to be a declaration of not of my faithfulness. It ain't about me. But it's a declaration of how faithful God has been. But even when I was faithless, even when I wasn't faithful, he was faithful. So as we sing this, if you raise your hand, I encourage you to come to the altar. Let your seat be a marker of where you were. Let your seat be a representation of, of who you used to be, where you began, and let this altar be a representation of how far God has brought you. And as you continue to thank him for his faithfulness in your life, I promise you that God is working in areas that you can't see. He's doing things behind the scene, in the darkness, areas that you're not aware of yet. God will be working on your behalf. So as we sing this, come to the altar. Thank him for his faithfulness and plead to him that he is good and his mercies endure forever. do it again because this is the God of miracles that we're talking about the God who can do anything who can move mountains and if he's done it once in your life he is faithful to do it again come on sing this out with us
right here. Praise him in this moment. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Would you lift your hands with me right now? God, we thank you that you are good, that you are good, that you're a good God, that you're perfect in every single one of your ways. God, forgive us for not trusting you. Forgive us for not believing in you. God, today, everyone who has raised their hand, everyone who is taking a step back and looking to see how good you've been, God, I thank you that they are going to be encouraged. God, that they're going to leave here different when they came in. God, I thank you that right now in the dark areas of their life where they can't see, God, you are beginning to do a work on the inside of them. God, that it's not about the walls, it's not about the trials, it's not about the tribulations, but God, it's about what you're doing on the inside of them. God, I thank you right now that they are called, they are chosen, that you have a plan for them, and you'll never let that plan go. God, I thank you that your word does exactly what you've sent it to do, and it never returns void. God, I thank you that this week, your word is going to return in their life. Promises that they're still believing for are going to come to pass, because that's who you are. God, we thank you for that. God, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. And if you believe that, in Jesus' name, would everybody say amen? amen. Could you give the Lord a shout? Come on. Come on. Real quick, I want to do this. I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. I don't think God's done yet. It's a good thing about God. He's never done. If you're here, you know, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you've been or where you're coming from. But all of this, it, it doesn't do any good unless you have a relationship with God. See, it doesn't really do you any good to, you don't really have anywhere to look back on. See, God wants to take you forward. He wants, to, he wants to bring you out, and he wants to deliver you, but he wants a relationship with you. More than anything, he wants a relationship with you. And if you're in here tonight, and you need that relationship with God, man, you need to start that journey. You need to begin. Or maybe you're in a spot where, you know, maybe you've walked off. Maybe you've taken a break. And you realize that God has been with you the entire time. But you need to recommit your life. You need to leave here today saying, you know what, God, I'm all in. God, I'm yours. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. If one of those two areas fit you, would you just raise your hand with me right now? If that's you, would you just thank you, thank you. Come on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. Is there anybody else? Come on. What I want everybody to do is I want you to repeat this out of me. Say, God, I love you. And I thank you for who you are and what you're doing in my life. Today, I'll make Jesus Christ Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Make me clean. Make me new. And I choose to follow and honor you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Hey, can we give the Lord a shout as we walk back to our seats?
Could we give the Lord a hand as we go ahead and head back to your seats, guys? Thank you very much. I think you should keep shouting while you sit back down. How many people are glad they showed up to church on a Sunday morning? I want to do things a little bit different today. I, uh, after church last night, uh, actually got convicted about not doing this. Um, but, I mean, we've all heard it said that, you know, respect is earned and honor is given. And I think that um, not just... Obviously, the senior pastors here at the church have earned our respect, um, but as well as the associate pastor and, and the uh, uh, youth director and the guy who does all the videos and makes sure everything's up and running. So I honestly just want to take a second uh, and honor my brother and my best friend uh, for just the way that God's moving in his life. And Very cool. You can, you, now you can sit back down. Now for the important stuff. Hey, if you raised your hand, if you made that prayer your prayer, um, man, we just want to congratulate you on making the greatest decision you could ever possibly make in your life. Um, I love the saying, life doesn't get easier when you accept Jesus into your heart. If anything, it puts a target on your back. But all that means is you just joined an undefeated team. You're never going to lose again, and you've got a family of people here to support you along the way. So if we could give those new prayers another round of applause, that'd be awesome. What I need you all to do now is pull out your worship guides. And inside your worship guide is a white connection card. If you prayed that prayer or it's your first time here, take a second, fill that sucker out, hand it to an usher on your way out. We have buckets called all-in buckets. Drop it in one of those guys. Or if it's your first time here, take it to the info center because we give stuff away for free here, and you'll get a free gift. So don't miss out on that. This Friday, we have free food here at the church, which is something that you should never miss, an opportunity of free food. Um, if you look at me and Fredo, you can tell that we never miss free food. Hey, but we're going to have like a family-style barbecue potluck here at the, at the church. It starts at 630 on the 17th, which is this Friday. Show up. We're going to have a giant grill. You just bring the meat, salads, desserts, whatever you want. I encouraged last night somebody to bring a ping pong table because I will be everybody. If we do doubles, me and Steven will be on a team, and then you legitimately have no chance to win. <laughs> so if somebody wants to bring a ping pong table, that would be great. This Friday the 17th, don't miss it. starts at 630. Uh, also... Obviously, you all set your clocks forward, so we just want to congratulate you on making it on time to church today. Um, but last but not least, here at this house, we believe in the power of prayer. So if you need prayer for absolutely anything in your life, after the service, we're going to have prayer partners by each screen. Uh, meet with them and get on God's side. Amen? Amen. Y'all have a great service. Stand up and give five people a high five. And we'll see you in.